are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Eagles fans? Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. It's your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, as always, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Louis DiBiase joining you alongside my co-host, Gino Camilleri, back for another week of shows, again, Monday through Friday, wherever you subscribe to Lockdown Eagles, we're available, as well as YouTube. Gino, it's the first game week, though. It's different now. It's the first game week of the 2021 season. We have a matchup to talk about, a regular season matchup to talk about between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Atlanta Falcons, man. We made it. We really made it. We got through it. Yeah, once again, we're here with the first game of the week being against the Atlanta Falcons. It's always never Washington since uh, since 2014 when we played the Jaguars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it usually happens within the first two weeks, and here we are again facing an Atlanta team that you would say kind of is on, I would say, some sort of the same trajectory as Philadelphia outside of the quarterback position. I mean, they're rebuilding. They're getting younger at the wide receiver, tight end positions, running back positions. They're They're, doing what the Eagles did in 2019 and 2020, right, where they were kind of retooling around there. Besides trading away Julio Jones. Right. Yeah. Great point, for sure. That will be great to see him not on the field against the Philadelphia Eagles, which will be great. But I think this is a good test, Lou. It's not one of the division games where – I find it hard to get takeaways from division games because they always seem to be against the grain of how you play the rest of the league. It just kind of is is what it is here in the NFC East. But you're playing Atlanta, a team that I would say is in the same threshold in terms of tiers right, right. now in terms of overall talent. It'll be a good test for this team and to see how they come out, see that they're going to be prepared, see that this offense is ready to click after just a, a few reps there in the preseason. But I believe that coming in off of a healthy offseason, Lou, with a roster that has a majority of the parts intact is something that we haven't been able to talk about since maybe 2017. And then throughout that season, they got off to injured. But then after that, 18, 19, it seemed like Brandon Brooks had that Achilles injury. He is out for the year. And then just player after player went down. And here we're looking at it outside of Rodney McLeod. I'd say everybody that's starting is is fully healthy and ready to go right now. They dodged a bullet for the first time in a long time mm-hmm. throughout the summer, and that's huge for 2021. It's something Eagles fans are not used to. Um, so, Gino, the on the slate this week for the podcast, we've got crossover Thursday with Locked On Falcons. We're going to get into matchups, of course. Um, you know, memories. We love to take a trip down memory lane with each week, talk about different memories between the Eagles and their opponent. So we've got a full jam-packed week of five different episodes. So again, be sure to subscribe to Lockdown Eagles wherever you get your podcasts. And again, video all throughout the year on our YouTube page. Coming up on today's edition of the show, also also uh, NFL predictions. Me and Gina, we're going to give our full, as we do the first week of the season, we'll give our full year-long NFL predictions, playoffs, um, individual awards as well. Last year, I think I picked Cam Newton to win MVP, which was pretty brutal. So Hmm. uh, now he's not on a team. So we got that coming up for you as well this week. On today's edition of the show, we're going to do some over-unders. We're going to talk numbers. This is our stat question um, episode that we normally also do before each season. And Gino, 
I think the stats we really like to talk about, obviously, are on the offensive side of the football more than defense, but we'll get into defense, too. Who leads the team in sacks, interceptions this year? Do we have a 1,000-yard receiver or a 1,000-yard rusher for the first time in a long time? We'll get into all of that on this stat question edition of Locked on Eagles. We'll start in segment one, though, with QB1. And when you look at Geno Jalen Hurts and you look at his betonline.ag over-unders, I feel like I'm pretty happy with where, or I should say, the numbers, I'm, I'm okay with where they are. I feel like with Jalen Hurts, he's a mobile quarterback. He's a quarterback that loves to push the football down the field, right? Average, I think, 10.1 yards per attempt down mm-hmm. the stretch last year, the most in the NFL. I don't know if it's going to result in wins or losses in 2021, but with a lot of the numbers with Hurts, I feel like I was looking at him today, and I found myself each time saying, that's likely an over, that's likely an over. Yeah, especially with Jalen, you look at that type of quarterback and how difficult it is to kind of game plan for him when you don't have too much tape on him. And now coming into a Sirianni offense, you really don't know what they are going to do. And if teams are going to look at what they did in the preseason with Joe Flacco and Nick Mullins a majority of the time, I would say that's the the wrong way to go about it for a defensive coordinator because Jalen Hurts and then bringing in Minshew – kind of shows you what they want in a quarterback, somebody who's a quick decision maker, can get outside the pocket, has a little bit of athleticism to their game. So when you look at Jalen Hurts, it's it's kind of like when you bet, it's tough to bet the under with a guy like that because right. all of a sudden he's in a game where he rushed for 115 yards, threw for two touchdowns for 200 yards, and there's 350 yards for you. So it, it, it's tough to look at a guy like Jalen who is that sort of game manager with a little bit of flair outside the numbers to his game? Now with Devontae Smith, now with Jalen Rager, this invigorated pass offense, I believe it's going to be tough to not put up a lot of yards. And do they result in wins? I don't know. Matt Ryan, for example, has been close to 5,000 yards in the past couple seasons, and Looking they've been downright terrible. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I would say that the one thing I'm looking at is that interception – to turn to touchdown ratio, in my my opinion, it's got to be somewhere like say he throws for 23, 24 touchdowns, maybe like six or seven. Like if he's throwing 12 or 13, like we have to have a discussion. If that yes. is over a, a two to one touchdown to interception ratio, I think that's not a great season for Jalen. And we can get back to the discussion if we have to upgrade. But with a guy who there's not much tape, it's a new offense. You could come out weeks one, two, and three and kind of shock a lot of people, in my opinion, much like they did in 16. And it's very reminiscent to that when you have a coaching staff who nobody really knows what they're going to do. First time head coach, it's tough to game plan until you have at mm. least a little bit to look at in that in regards to that. Yeah, they have Bet Online has them right now at 12 and a half interceptions, which I feel like is pretty high. You got to, again, you got to find that balance, that controlled aggression we talked about with Carson Wentz, where I feel like Wentz did find that in 2017, 2018, and 2019, at least through the passing attack. The fumbles were always an issue, as it is with Jalen Hurts. So he especially needs to take care of the football through the air if the ground game is going to be an issue with turnovers. But again, with Wentz, it was like he was throwing for 25 plus, and then he had seven interceptions three years in a row. He wasn't, obviously, in 2020, it was a different story, but he wasn't touching that double digit threshold when it comes to interceptions. So with Jalen, it's 
yeah, again, the numbers got to be there when it comes to the positives, but the negative, like, yeah, if you, if you're in that 12 plus interception range, that can be an issue. So it's again, it's all about finding that balance. And so I would probably take the under on that, but when you look at the over unders on his passing on his rushing, when it comes to touchdowns, I don't know what you think, but his over under right now, when it comes to passing yards is at 3,700. And so and then the passing touchdowns is at 21. But you look at, I feel like that's kind of low. 18 quarterbacks last year threw for over 20 touchdowns, Gino. And I feel like Jalen Hurts will be top 18 this year in those kind of numbers. I find myself taking the over on the touchdowns for sure. Yards, I kind of like right around that range. I might take the over just because it's, it's pretty hard now to throw for under like 37, 3,600 yards. The thing about it is the last time you look in Philadelphia Eagles history that they've had players that have accomplished that number. I mean, Donovan McNabb and Carson Wentz are around the only two that come close. Point. So yeah, you, you have to think that 3,700 is, I mean, in Eagles franchise history, that's one of the better performances. Yeah, and he a runs play. a lot too. Right? And so he runs a lot. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking, if that number was like 3,100, 3,200, oh, yeah, yeah, he might be playing it, but that screams under central to me. I mean, mm-hmm just that type of play that he brings to you. He, I, I don't ever see him being a 400-yard passer in a game, in my opinion. I mean, 250 is right around the average I could see Jalen Hurts getting a game. So if you just mm. do that quick math right there, let me pull out my uh, trusty calculator. So you yeah, do so I meant more while you're doing 17. I meant more the I, – I would take the over for the passing touchdowns because even Sam Bradford mm-hmm. in 2015 threw for 20 touchdowns with this – Eagles oh yeah, so, touch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's I, I what I more it, meant from the first uh, segment that I talked about. I, I believe he'll be up in the twenty range with yeah. seventeen games too. I, I mean, you're going to have to average what? I mean, two a game. I, I think that's mm. very plausible, especially with Devonte now and well, and who and knows how good West the team's going to be? You know? and, yeah, I mean, exactly. If, if they're down, he's going to be. There's going to be more room for for yeah putting up the numbers and the box score. Yeah, that's why we talk about Matt Ryan and what he's done the last couple of years. It's a lot when they're probably blown out in the second half, getting a little bit mm-hmm. of garbage time, but I don't want that to be the case. I would much rather have it be 250 and they're in every single game. And if he gets 250 over 17 games, he's around 4,200. It's, it's, it's a decent number according mm-hmm. to bet online. It's going to be one of those ones that I believe comes down to like the last two weeks of the season. And you're just hoping that they, uh, yeah. they don't sit them in week 17. I, I would believe that would be the case. Yeah, no, I feel like, yeah, you kind of talked me into taking the under on the 3,700 passing yards, but I would take the over on the 21 passing touchdowns. Agreed. Carson Wentz was the only 4,000-yard passer in franchise history in 2019. So like you said, that that number doesn't come around often with the Eagles. I would like it to come around more with a quarterback, especially in the modern day. But yeah, I do see your point there for sure. When it comes to rushing, it's interesting, Gino. His over-under right now with rushing yards is at 650, and his rushing touchdowns are at 6.5. When you look at, though, and I don't know if he could match this kind of pace he was on at the end of last year, but he was averaging over 75 rushing yards a game, and that's a 1,200-yard pace. And so if they were like willing to commit to being a Baltimore Ravens, Greg Roman style of offense, with the way Jalen Hurts can run the football, too, when it comes to just improv, I think he could reach far over 650. I just wonder, I can't imagine that's the way this offense is going to be built. And so with 650, I'd still take the over, but 
I, I feel like Hertz's ceiling could be even higher. It just depends on what style of offense you want to be when it comes to his mobility. Yeah, that's one of the ones where I'm literally running to betonline.ag yeah. to make that wager because you're right. And people talk all about all the time about oh he'll he'll get figured out this year. You know, like guys like Colin Kaepernick. At the end of the day, athleticism doesn't go away. He's going mm-hmm. to make plays in the open field. He likes to roll outside the pocket. I think Seriani is going to give him the freedom to use his legs. I don't believe it's going to be a Greg Roman-style offense where you're running a lot of zone right. reads and he's going to pull it down. But we talk about how adding these wide receiver weapons opens up the field for Miles Sanders and Dallas Goddard. Yeah, well, when the safeties have to play 12 to 15 yards back, yeah, it opens up the field for your quarterback to take off and run as well. So six fifty or whatever that number is, I mean, hammer the over on that one. I think this kid yeah. is going to be close to a thousand yards rushing, and they might have two thousand yard rushers this year. At the same time, I like what you said. Like for me, the way I, I'm going to take the over for sure. Mm-hmm. I want him to be in the middle of that six fifty and twelve hundred yard pace he was on right. last year. It's kind of like we talked about a couple weeks ago. Like it's not just about winning this year, it's about how you win. Because if you mm. do win like Baltimore, if he does get to like nine hundred rushing yards in a Raven style of way, that to me is an issue because again, it didn't feel like you could open things up with him as your quarterback. And so um you don't want to just go all in on his rushing. But when you combine, they are gonna do a lot more read option type of stuff that they didn't mm-hmm. wouldn't do with Carson Wentz as often. And when you combine that with how willing he is to tuck the ball when he's pat like extending it just improv. I think 650, you should hammer that, right? I, I think he's one of the safest bets. It's why people love him in fantasy football so yes. much is because he is going to run the football this year, especially we'll see again. It just depends if the team is bad. If the receivers don't develop, like we think he's going to have to run to move the ball. Mm-hmm. Like he did last year down the stretch. That offense was a disaster play calling personnel. The offensive line was brutal. The only way they can move the ball Gino was with his legs. Yeah. I look at like a guy like Josh Allen, for example, and like, he's probably going to get four or 500 yards on the ground as well. Mm-hmm. He loves to, to run as much as he loves to throw. So are you going to look at Jalen hurts who that's a much bigger part of his game and say he can't gain you 250 more yards than a guy like Josh Allen on the ground or like one of those guys that isn't Lamar Jackson, you know what I mean? I believe that he can any day of the week. Uh, I talk about speed and athleticism. Jalen Hurts is arguably one of the top three athletes on the team. Like he Mm -hmm. is a freak when it comes to the weight room. He's a freak when it comes to his IQ. And I believe that this is going to be a much more spread slash space oriented team where even if he does get the ball out quick, he's gonna the guy is going to have room to run. So that also opens up the field for guys underneath, and I believe Jalen Hurts can do that. It's not something you want to rely on, but at right. the end of the day, you bring a fire extinguisher when you go camping or wherever you go to put out a fire, right? Jalen Hurts' legs are that fire extinguisher. If yeah. things go awry, he can he could calm it down. He could pick up four or five yards. I look back to – we look at the miracle at the Meadowlands game all the time and how it was a great passing performance. Mike Vick down the end, arguably two of the biggest plays came with his legs and his ability oh, yeah. to gain 30, 40 yards on the ground. When guys are way downfield defending your speed options, when it comes to these guys like Rager and Devontae, who I don't even want to see any, I don't want to see them in the TV frame when Jalen Hurts is passing the ball, in my opinion. So yep. that'll open up the field for everybody else. And I, I hope the whole team just eats when it comes to, to yards this year in production, because if they're anywhere what they were last year, did we make the right choice moving on coaching wise? Like that'll be a discussion that has to be had. But right now, 
everything that they're saying, everything that they're doing in terms of personnel, they're on the right track for these guys to, to have high production years. Who knows if they get the wins, but I believe that the stats will speak for themselves. I want to get into now coming up next in segment two of this stat portion of Locked On Eagles, getting into some big-time number questions. Um, the guys that Jalen Hurts is going to be throwing to next year and handing the ball off to, the Eagles have not had a 1,000-yard rusher or receiver in quite some time. Do they hit those marks in 2021? We'll get into that coming up next right here on Locked On Eagles. And, guys, today's episode is brought to you by Run Your Pool. Football season is back. Let's make the most of it with a better way to create your custom pool at runyourpool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. Run Your Pool makes it ridiculously easy to run a football pool with friends, family, or office mates. They offer dozens of formats, including Survivor, Pick'em, Squares, Margin, Confidence Pools, 33 and more. Run Your Pool hosts formats for NFL and college football with one-week games, full seasons, playoffs, or the Super Bowl. Unlike other fantasy sports platforms, run your pool as options and settings to make it your own. You can even brand your pool for your local business, bar, or restaurant. Reconnect with friends and join nearly 2 million football fans to make every game action-packed this season. Check them out today and get $10 off at runyourpool.com slash lockdown or use our promo code lockdown at checkout. It's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, capital L, capital O, no spaces, anywhere, everywhere in the world. Run Your Pool helps friends and colleagues compete. The NFL season starts this Thursday. Start today at runyourpool.com slash lockdown. This show is also brought to you by betonline.ag. It's that time of year again when everybody's eyes are turning to the football field as everybody goes back to the gridiron to start this football season. Over 8 million people watched Notre Dame and Florida State last night. College football is back, and it is NFL game week. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. If you bet with me in my LOE3 last week, you would have been 2-1. and one. Notre Dame let me down, but Texas A&M and Fresno State covered. And you can always get those odds and props and contests over at BetOnline.ag, including the online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest now open at betonline.ag. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your welcome bonus of 100%. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo and make a bet on this Thursday's game, September 9th, between the reigning defending Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the champions of the NFL, and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you pick Dallas, you will get your $25 losing wager back only for <laughs> new customers, only when signing up using the promo code NFL100. Bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports from football, basketball, UFC, boxing. You know what they are by now. Even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Please bet responsibly over at Bet Online, your online sportsbooks experts, using the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at betonline.ag. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this Monday edition of Locked on Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Louis DiBiase and Gino Camilleri kicking off the first game week of the 2021 season. The Eagles take on the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. We've got you covered with five shows this week, including today's, and we're getting into some stat questions. We started in segment one with some betonline.ag over-unders for QE1, Jalen Hurts. 
over under on passing yards, passing touchdowns, interceptions, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns. Gino, we're going to stick on offense in segment two here with the receivers, running backs, tight ends. We'll get into defense coming up next in segment three. And the big question that we kind of ask every single year since honestly 2014 with Jeremy Macklin and LaShawn McCoy is, is this the first time since then that the Eagles have a guy in the receiving game or on the ground that has at least a thousand yards or more. And it's crazy that it hasn't happened in that's seven years. But at the same time, I think this year, although this might be the year they're the worst since then, who knows? Um, I think this is the best chance that they have of hitting those marks because I feel like Miles Sanders and Devontae Smith are easily the best things you've had at, or the most potential for becoming a wide receiver one, a true wide receiver one, and a running back one, right? That like the stars that Macklin was, at least for that season, and McCoy was for the majority of Philly. Um, you know, with Alshon Jeffrey, with Deshaun Jackson, Jay Ajayi, LeGarrette Blunt, they were all great, but that was a spread it around type of offense, and those guys weren't going to hit those marks. I think this is the best year that that could happen, and I think it's going to happen to at least one of them. I believe that with Devontae Smith at any given time, he can he can break a thousand yards, and in 17 games, I mean, the kid's going to have not even have a little over 50 yards a game to get that mark. I, I right. believe that that's for sure going to happen. Turning to the rush game, I think that's an interesting mm -hmm. and probably a, a topic that, yeah, you might split hairs with does Miles finish with like 950 yards or like 1,100. Like I don't think he mm -hmm. finishes close to 1,000. It's either below or like a little bit above. And Jalen Hurts is a big proponent to that. So was Boston Scott. So was Kenny Gainwell. But there was a discussion on Twitter today about NFC East running backs. I don't know the outlet that brought it up. And somebody just had mentioned that Miles Sanders like might be the worst of the four options on the ground out of the NFC East running backs. And yes, they are very good in their own right. But people forget that a majority of your rushing yards are going to come from how dominant your offensive line is. Miles Sanders also broke off the most 75-yard runs in the last two years in the NFL. Right. Couple a healthy offensive line with Miles Sanders coming into a third year where if I'm Nick Sirianni and I know his little bit of woes that he has in the receiving game, I'm plugging him on the ground, man. Like yeah. he should be getting that rock as the bell cow when it comes to receiving carries. I believe that he could get a thousand yards this season, no doubt in my mind. When you look at what the NFL comes down to at the most basic level, it's one on ones and winning matchups. Mm -hmm. Miles Sanders and Devontae Smith can do that all day long. I mean, yeah. you don't, you can't teach that speed. You can't teach their stop-start ability. I think those two can win one-on-one -on -one matchups, can make guys miss in the open field, and you want to talk about getting yards, that's how you get them. So I, I look at those two as the, the prime candidates to, right. to pass 1,000 yards. Yeah, I, I agree. And with Sanders, obviously he surpassed over a thousand from scrimmage in 2019, but You're we're right. talking specifically rushing or receiving. Yeah. I mean, if and, he's not like at 1800, oh, I yeah, mean, no, all purpose, he, like yeah. there will be a concern. Yeah. 100%. I think Sanders should hit it. When you look at last year, he was hurt himself for four yeah. games. The offensive People line, as we say, yeah. At the same time, too, we always say because it was insane, but this offensive line went through 14 different combinations and with that still being the case miles sanders still surpassed 800 rushing yards mm -hmm. so this year when you 
consider that, like you said, the offensive line is healthy. Miles Sanders is going to be healthier, knock on wood. I think he's going to be better in year three. He's getting better each year at running the football. Like he has, from where he was in the first half of 2019, it was not good to getting strong at the end of 2019 Mm -hmm. to where he was last year to this year. The receiving regressed, but the rushing did not. It improved. And so when you add all of that together, on top of the fact that they added running back talent in Kenny Gainwell, Gino, they didn't really add another guy that you could say he's going to steal a lot of carries. Mm -hmm. Touches and snaps, that's different when it comes to Gainwell and Scott. But Sanders is still clearly the running back that's going to get the most carries by far. Like It's not going to be this Ajayi, Clement, Blunt type of split. He's going to play less than he did last year, I think, because last year he was just worked into the ground when it comes to snaps. But yeah, I think when it comes to just rushing in a vacuum, I think he should hit 1,000 yards. Even with Hertz taking some carries away, Hertz is going to help Sanders, I think, on the ground, open things up. Yeah, and you know that Boston, I mean, he's a good number two, but we saw what he had to do when he had to carry the load, and it right. wasn't the greatest result. So I, I believe adding Kenny Gainwell only helps you in that regard because when mm-hmm. you can run like a 21 speed package with both those guys in the backfield and having to have two linebackers account for either one of them, it's going to make matchups a lot more easier to win and open up the field for a guy like Miles Sanders as well as Kenny. And I like what you said there that they didn't add somebody to split carries in this draft. Yeah. If they were to add, let's say like Javonta Williams or Michael Carter, right. like, yeah, then we can have that discussion. If it's even a later, like a Kylan Hill or yeah, you know, someone, definitely one tra- of those guys that is yeah. a more traditional type of runner. Right. Like you had said, Kenny Gainwell is a, a degree of separation from being a full-time slot receiver. We know that. And yeah. Boston Scott might be two degrees of separation from being a full-time sure. slot receiver. So your best option on the ground outside of Jalen Hurts' legs when he can't hand the ball off is to give Booby Sanders the ball. You and I were in Buffalo when he broke off that first huge run of his career. And then it just seems once or twice a season, he seems to be hitting that hole. That home run mentality, Lou, Sanders has that. And that's why I look at 1,000 yards and I'm saying he gets three, four games with a 75-yard rush. He can make up the rest elsewhere. Like I I fully believe that that could happen. And his legs aren't slowing down, and you. Uh, if anybody watched the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, their unscripted that they put out a couple days ago, Miles Sanders was breaking down the huddles. Nick Sirianni told him to break down the huddle like every practice. So he's a well-respected guy. I think he's come in, put in the work, and has been well-evolved from what we thought we were getting in that pick and a guy who was very raw, like had the potential those first couple preseason games. He was making some decisions that weren't the greatest, and then all of a sudden he comes out, and this is the guy we've been waiting for since LaShawn McCoy, and I think Mm -hmm. we are kind of in that same type of realm, like let the bell cow work, man, like on the ground. Give Miles, let him get 20-22 touches on the ground, and then let the receiving touches go elsewhere. Like if he's going to double catch the ball, just give it to Kenny, who's in a top-notch mm-hmm. receiver. Give it to Boston, who is a killer in the receiving game, or one of the three guys that you've drafted in the last two years, or Zach Ertz or Dallas Goddard. So when Miles is your eighth receiving weapon, do what he does best: put the ball in his hand on the ground. I, I, it's a big season for Miles on the ground. I'm yeah. excited to see what he can do. I agree. Before we get into defense, I want to ask this question as well because I feel like with 
the last uh, since 2014, it's been someone different leads in receptions and receiving yards and touchdowns. Like, okay, Ertz leads in receptions. Alshon mm-hmm. Jeffrey leads in um, touchdowns. Nelson yeah. Aguilar is there in yards or deep yards. And it kind of varied because it was just this committee approach, spread the ball around. Carson Wentz loved to spread the ball around to different you know receivers. Um, whereas this year, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Devontae Smith and receptions, yards, touchdowns, you know. So my question is, outside of Devante, like if you had to pick the top three this year and specifically receptions, because I think Devante Smith is consensus number one, I think for most people's predictions, but after him, it's interesting. Cause like you would probably probably say Ertz and Goddard, but mm-hmm. can you guarantee both or one of them I think is going to be probably traded at the deadline. So it's, and then it's like with Rager and Quez Watkins, who of those two emerges this year, who's wide receiver too. It's kind of interesting to think like who falls behind Smith. Yeah. I mean, you could kind of couple the tight end in there. And yeah. Like, I would just say whoever tight end one is that yeah. leads them in snaps is number two. I think that's fair. I think a better discussion is who's going to be the second in wide receiver receptions. Because, that's yes. And I would give a slight edge to Quez Watkins I would because too. I think they would use him closer to the line of scrimmage where mm-hmm. he has that ability. I mean, as good as he is at going up and getting the ball, I really think that's a part of Jalen Rager's game that we haven't even began to touch on yet and his ability to separate up at the catch point, which was one of the talking points about him coming out of TCU. Correct. So yep. he might be more in that 50-50 range where the uh, – wide receiver goes up and the cornerback goes up for a jump ball rather than Quez Watkins, who's going to get it quick out into space. I mean, they will bring Jalen Rager in. I was going to say, it's do tough because Rager does stuff. that too. They both do very similar yeah, things. I, I just feel like if I'm going to get the ball out quick, I want it to go into the fastest 4-3 guy on the uh, team. Yes, like Quez Watkins has done it. Like, let's keep it going until things are to break. And that's why. I just think those receptions you gave to like Greg Ward last year, like give them to Quez Watkins. Then like spread those, a mix uh, of them over to Jalen Rager. Yeah, or those ridiculous screens to Alshon Jeffrey in 2019. <laughs> no more bubble <laughs> screens to a guy who can't run a 4-8. That's the good thing. The Eagles starting three this year can all break off big runs, you know, and so can the running backs. And, yeah, I think that is the more interesting question for sure. And I think we both agree that it's probably what Quez Watkins right now. Him and Rager can do a lot of the same things stylistically. I just think mm-hmm. Watkins right now is doing it better despite being the day three pick and Rager is the day one pick. But it's a fascinating discussion with these offensive stats they always vary with the Eagles year by year because they right. just really haven't had any alphas emerge so we'll continue to keep an eye on it let's get into defense coming up next we'll wrap up this edition of locked on Eagles who is going to lead the defensive side of the football in sacks it's a deep defensive line interceptions we'll get into that coming up next right here on locked on Eagles guys does this sound familiar You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. You've got another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. You've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. The show is also brought to you by our great friends over at Built Bar. 
Did you know Built Bar has nine delicious flavors and even more that they're coming out with all the time? I mean, every time you go on that website, it seems like there's a new limited edition flavor that we're talking about. I want that grasshopper one to come back, Lou, because that thing. You're the the mint guy. I I love mint. Let me tell you, people put a bad name on mint. (laughs) I will take Built Bar's mint brown. I don't have a mature palate yet. I can't get into the mint. (laughs) I know. You're still drinking sours. And I'm I'm still the peanut butter brownie Built Bar guy. Hey, but the thing is, if you don't know what you're like, like this discussion Lou and I are having right now, you could get one of the mix boxes where you get two of each of their nine flavors at BuiltBar.com. And not only are they great, but they're healthy too. For all our health-conscious friends out there, they're 18 grams of protein. I mean, you can't even get that in your basic chicken breast. Just 180 uh, calories, 5 grams of carbs, 5 grams of sugar as well. I mean, if you're trying to eat healthy, you're trying to look good, you're trying to have something that tastes delicious, why not go over to BuiltBar.com and grab one of their delicious flavors? Go to BuiltBar.com or Built.com. It will redirect you to either of those sites. Use the promo code LOCKED. 15 that's one five and you get 15 percent off your first order use the promo code locked 15 that's l-o-c-k-e-d the number one five for 15 percent off at builtbar.com all right eagles fans welcome back into this monday edition of locked on eagles louis dibiase gino camilleri wrapping up our stat questions we got deep into offense in segment one and segment two Gino on defense, different. There's less numbers, or at least when it comes to not, we're not looking at the advanced numbers here uh, as we just ask some, you know, more zoomed out questions when it comes to the box score. And I feel like on defense, like the big question, you know, you look at offense, the Eagles haven't had a thousand yard receiver or running back uh, go for over 1K since LaShawn McCoy and Jeremy Macklin in 2014 under Chip Kelly. When you look at on defense, it's happened a lot later than that. Fletcher Cox in 2018 did it, but when you look at sacks, it's kind of the same thing as receiving. It's been, I mean, the Eagles are up there every year in sacks and pressure rate. They're, they're one of the best pass rushes in the league, and they have been for a while, and they're going to they're gonna continue that this year. But they haven't had a guy that's like getting 14 sacks in a year, right? Getting up there and leading the league in sacks on the edge or even inside with Fletcher Cox. And so the question isn't only. I mean, are gonna, we really going to disrespect Jason Babin having 19 sacks in a season? I like, mean, come on. <laughs> <That> <laughs> is, you talk about that's a that great discussion a for ago, one of though. our outlier seasons, Lou. That's so another one. Not. It was the biggest <laughs> outlier ever. And then the next year, he was awful and everybody hated him. So they mm-hmm. got rid of him. But yeah, that was nuts. Yeah, Jason. Ba- but that's what I'm saying. Like, we haven't had, uh, we haven't seen on the Eagles defense a guy like uh, Jason Babin get you know, 15 plus again, you're consistently Mm -hmm. one of the best pass rushes in the league, but yeah, just not often have you seen this team hit 10 plus individually. And so the question not only is who leads this team in sacks, but can you see one or two guys with how good this unit looks getting 10 plus? Yeah. I mean, from all the reports we heard in practice, like how difficult it was for the offense to like move. Right. it's tough to like look past the defense and say that wasn't a big reason why. Because you look at that front, they just got better. Like I only think Josh Sweat is going to be a better player than he was last year. We don't even bring up Derek Barnett that much, but he should be well improved. You bring in these young guys like Milton Williams and Patrick Johnson, who they're going to look at bring in on these Sam linebacker looks with all the depth and T.Y. McGill and Hassan Ridgeway after signing them. But how teams are just looking at the Eagles who have the most loaded defensive line and saying, you know what, we're not going to sign those depth guys is crazy to me because you right. just allowed the Eagles to keep their depth 
those depth rushers that they've had and keep their top guys fresh. So when Josh Sweat can come out there and rush from the edge and not worry about everything inside and just get to the quarterback, I think he presents the best possibility of 10-plus sacks. Brandon Graham, he'll get you 6-7. Fletcher will get 6-7. I believe Javon Hargrave should have a few more than he had last year. Mm -hmm. But just when it comes to what their game is from an individual standpoint, I believe Josh Sweat's game is made to get to the quarterback to compile stats. And that's not a bad thing. He just happens to be the most athletic, freakish person on that defensive line, which isn't a bad thing that you have a guy who looks like a safety able to rush from the defensive end position. That's fantastic, in my opinion. And when it comes to speed to power, when it comes to his football IQ, when it just comes to his pure raw ability, he's really honed in and became a I would say a a good to very good pass rusher in this league. Now with guys like Ryan Kerrigan there that can help him just improve his pass rush moves. We might see it, Lou. Uh, I think he's like nine and a half should be that line because he would be the first one to get to 10 in quite some time. So if bet online knows what they're doing, I think Josh sweat is the guy that they focus on there. Yeah. I think you look at, there could be like six defensive linemen that get four plus, right? So again, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be very spread out. But I agree with you. When you look at Josh Sweat, he's just getting better every year, and they're not cheap sacks like Derek Barnett gets against tight end twos. Um, and he's getting like last year. What he had? I mean, he was up there, and he barely he wasn't a starter. I mean, Gino, mm-hmm. he was doing it at such an insanely efficient yeah. rate. And now, if you give him, I don't know what the snap count is going to be between the the split between him and Derek Barnett. But I agree. When you look at the efficiency, the explosiveness, the power, just he has the best talent on the edge to me. For sure. Uh, and I think he does. I agree with you. I think he stands the best chance. Brandon Graham. It's like last year he it looked like he was going to crush ten plus, mm-hmm. and then you know the way he started the first half of the year, and then he only had a couple sacks down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Yeah, just bring hey, maybe the, the corners now they help out that right. front a little bit and they yeah. buy them another 0.5 seconds where they can mm-hmm. hit home because that was a huge issue. You talked about that, yeah. Lou, that Brandon Graham was on pace. Yeah, and then the yeah. pass defense stunk for the rest of the year. So, right. I mean, yeah, it goes fair. hand in hand. When Michael so. Jaquette's given up 200 receiving yards, that's yeah, going to be kind of a it's problem. It's part of the equation for yeah, sure. Yeah, so I feel like the you know, the popular picks would be Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, and I could see them doing it. I could see Derek Barnett doing it. I hey, dude, see Ryan, Ryan Kerrigan might, doing it. Yeah, yeah, he might be an effective I mean, rusher like Chris Long was a couple years ago. Yeah, I think you can make the argument for any one of these guys. That's how good this defensive line is but I'm with you. I think if I was going to put my money down right now, and I think the odds would be the best, you're going to get the most bang for your buck with Josh Sweat. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. he's one of those guys that that type of pass rusher where you, you have a guy who's six foot five or six and just has that length and his ability to like bend his ankle at just this unforeseen angle. Guys like that are getting talked about in day one or day two. Like when we were talking about Brian Burns, like I look at Josh Sweat and I see a lot of similarities, length, power, explosion, like a lot of similarities. Todd McShay, when Josh Sweat got drafted, I'll never forget it, said that he has the looks of Jadavian Clowney, but he has Mm – the injuries that will keep him to the fourth round. Except and that he's he not going to get two and a half sacks a year and cheap shot quarterbacks. He's a terrible person, yes, of, quarter, yeah. of course. But I think he is a steel man. Like He's already well exceeded that fourth round oh, talent yeah. in oh my, my perspective. And now you're talking about do you have a defensive end of the future? Yeah, you're going to get one out of Josh Sweat or Derek Barnett. Like You're bound to hit 
like we talked about at wide receiver, you're going to hit on one of those two guys, and one of them is going to get paid. Yeah, 100%. I'm with you, Gino. I think Josh Sweat might be the guy to uh, put some money down to lead this team in sacks. That's going to do it for today's edition of Locked on Eagles, guys. It's all we have for today. But, again, come right back. Subscribe on any podcast platform on YouTube as well because we are posting another four episodes this week, and we've got five a week throughout the season and all year long. Again, subscribe wherever you get your shows. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnBirds at GC24 underscore football at DiBiaseLOE. And we'll be back tomorrow for my co-host, Gino Camilleri. I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And let's go, Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.